Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to 3C Amplified. I'm your host, Jacqueline Destrumps, and twice a month I'm here to highlight the businesses, nonprofits, and individuals collaborating to amplify their impact in the community. This series is sponsored by Another Hand Advantage, where I create marketing strategies for community-minded small businesses and nonprofits. Today, joining Emmy in the studio, I have two amazing women from some two nonprofits that I actually didn't know anything about um, here in Arizona. So I'm so excited to have them on the show so we can both learn more about those organizations. I have with me um, Kristen Chasworth, uh, Program Coordinator with Live and Learn Arizona. And Carrie Adney Walker, director with Arizona Career Pathways. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank Good you. to be here. Good afternoon. Yes. So we were already kind of chatting a little bit before the show started, and I almost was like, okay, we can't chat anymore, ladies, because I want to make sure we're getting this all on air. Why don't we go ahead and start with you, Carrie, and tell me a little bit about Arizona Career Pathways and what it is that it does in the community. We we're founded in 2011, and we work with low-income, first-generation college students primarily. Workforce development is, is really what we do. We work with individuals to get them into careers that will pay a self-sufficiency wage and has an opportunity for growth and a career pathway. Great. And then... Kristen, why don't you tell me a little bit about Live and Learn, and then we'll, we'll kind of get into also maybe a little bit about how the two two organizations um, work together. Okay, so Live and Learn um, was also started about 2012, and we're a nonprofit, and we help women that come from low income, homelessness, domestic violence, get back into the workforce through career training anything that can help them become financially self-sufficient. So we'll do that with our client coordinators and basically just getting them back to the path of financial self-sufficiency. So um, for either one of you, uh, how do you, uh, how do your, I guess the clients, if you, I don't know, you want to call them uh, participants, (laughs) program participants, how do they, how do they find out about you and what kind of qualifications are there for them to be involved in your programs? So for Live and Learn, we have referrals from a lot of different agencies, um, transitional housing. Um, Our biggest referrals come from past clients um, that have friends or family that want to get help through Live and Learn. And to become a client, you basically will go through an interview process. And usually the client's background is in homelessness, like I said, domestic violence or low income, and they need to be in a place in their life where they're really motivated, ready to get back into an education or career path. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> For Arizona Career Pathways, it's much the same way. Most uh-huh. of most of our students, we're very small compared to live and learn. Uh, most of them come from students who have completed the program. I do some outreach, mm-hmm. uh, not a whole lot. Again, we're pretty small. It's just me. (laughs) And that makes it a little difficult. We do some work with some other agencies. Valley Interfaith Project um, actually helped found Arizona Career Pathways. So I do some outreach through their member institutions. Mm -hmm. But um, mostly 
it's through referral at this point. Mm -hmm. And we look for people who have not had an opportunity at a post-secondary education. And we are also looking income qualifications. Mm-hmm. You got to meet the the requirements for that. But again, it's got to be somebody who's ready to commit to almost a two year program for mm-hmm. us. And if they're not in a place where they can do that, then we might counsel them into something else or or help them do something else first, and right. then come back to, to us to get when into that ready. position. Right. right. And ours is similar, where we want to make sure that they have childcare. Mm-hmm stable housing, that they're substance, you know, free. So just that they're ready for that next step because it, it is hard. And mm-hmm. what the clients are amazing, what they do and it carries it. clients. I mean, we have mutual clients that are the same, but they're the ones that are going to have to get up, you know, take a bus to work, right. go work, go to get their education, do homework, take care of their kids, take care of their family. So we want to make sure that they're actually ready for this journey that they're going to be on. Right. And I mean, you're almost, you know, you're, you're setting them up for success in that way that you're having them kind of evaluate some of those other extraneous, um, you know, pulls that they have going on in their life to really see, you know, these are some of those things that you're going to have to look at and consider before moving on with this program. So rather than just bringing them onto the program and then saying, oops, you couldn't, you know, you didn't have childcare, so it's, you're not going to make it here. Um, I like that you, that you'd mentioned that and kind of point those things out to them so that it is a success for everybody. And to be prepared for when setbacks hit, because Mm -hmm. resiliency is something that is a learned type of thing. And many of these individuals with, with, problems have had so many things happen to them Mm -hmm. that they they don't have the skills to be able to work through some of those things Mm -hmm. so we work very heavily on Mm -hmm. those types of skills yeah so tell me a little bit then i guess um we'll jump right into it how um how did your two organizations start working together and what does that um what does that kind of collaboration look like I, I think I, I think we first met um, at the Gateway Campus, didn't we? I, I think I met Katie mm-hmm. or Nora. Katie, no, Katie. Yeah, Katie Johnson's our executive director. Oh, and- okay. Yeah, and I think we just kind of met at a function or something, and it like was oh my God, we could work together. And one of the the reasons that I like working with other agencies is what you were talking about earlier. We can provide so much more if we work together. Yes. It takes a village, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And and what's been great about Live and Learn is that Kristen and I can work together so that we're not duplicating services. So if I can't do something, maybe she can and vice versa. We have, I think, about five now clients that we've co-case managed, and it's been absolutely wonderful for the students and and women uh, because live and learn doesn't work with men Mm -hmm. but um which has also been good for me because they've referred um men to me that they can't serve but our our students are graduating and getting wonderful wonderful jobs and are making their way in ways that they couldn't fathom before yeah yeah definitely breaking that cycle of generational after poverty and mm-hmm. going forward. Um, yeah, and one of the great things about working with Carrie is it is just live and learn. There's four of us that work there. So we're also small, not 
Not as small as me. I always think that we're But so to small, somebody but... where there's only one, she goes, oh my gosh, they have four. <laughs> right. But I mean, I'm just thinking back to some of our clients where Carrie has such knowledge in um, the Maricopa Community College's medical programs. And a lot of our programs or a lot of our clients go through the medical pathways. So just having an expert to be able to turn to and say, what are HESIs? What are the NCLEX? Like, what are all these things that our clients need to go through? So right. trying to understand them as they're going through it, um, it has just been really a great collaboration. So reaching out to so many different nonprofits that have the resources mm-hmm. and all working together for the sake of our clients is and, and each agency brings its own expertise. Right. I, I do. I have a ton of knowledge related to how the community colleges work and how to kind of get into the system. And for many students or for many individuals coming in from a poverty paradigm, I mm-hmm. guess is the word, mm-hmm. they, they have, they're overwhelmed. Yeah. And without that kind of guidance, uh, it, it, it kind of derails them very quickly. Right. right. And I can see how it would be really frustrating too. I mean, you were just, you were mentioning off some of the, I guess those were acronyms for other things. I don't even know what, what you were saying when right. you said it. I was like, what? I didn't either. <laughs> those are for our nurse, <laughs> and for nursing students. Okay. Yeah. Um, I could just see, I mean, how overwhelming that could be if honestly, you're just looking at the very, very starting point of that or even enrolling and even figuring out what it is that you even need to have together um, to enroll. And and then, like you said before, both of you kind of looking at what else is going on in your life um, that you're going to need to take into consideration before even taking that step. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the careers, uh, career choices or, or options then that you have for the um, Arizona Career Pathways students? For Arizona Career Pathways, we focus predominantly on healthcare-related mm-hmm. programs, which is one of the reasons we're based at Gateway because right. the healthcare programs are there. So we have Surge Tech, Hospital Central Services, Nursing, Physical Therapy Assisting, or Physical Therapist Assistant, I guess <laughs> is the the correct term. Uh-huh. I've had some students in dental programs as well. Oh wow! So anything medically related. Yeah. And why was that your focus? Why did you choose those fields? Funding. Funding. We're an entirely grant-funded organization. Okay. So it it really depends on where our funding comes from. And one of our our largest funders is the BHHS Legacy Foundation, and they focus on healthcare. Oh, okay. Okay. So the student comes to you um, and they say, you know, this is what I'm interested in. What does... um, you know, what does that intake process kind of look at? And then what do they, what's that program look like, I guess, in a, in a nutshell, as far as how they're, how, what they need to do to get, what they do when they get started and what that looks like over time? Basic things like application Mm -hmm. and uh, verification of prior education, you know, high school diploma, that kind of thing. If students have accessed financial aid before, we're going to investigate what they've done and how much they have left. But a lot of it just involves talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you said you did foster care. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a carryover from that. You have to uh, uh, evaluate a person and get a sense of them. And talking with them is the way to do that. Right. You, you get to know them. You get to know what their, their hopes and their dreams are. And I, I do spend a lot of time talking with students before they enroll. Yeah. 
Yeah. And at multiple times, not mm-hmm. just one time. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, because there's a lot of different, I would mm-hmm. think, touch points over that whole program. Again, just making sure that um, they have somebody to talk to mm-hmm. when, when things get a little dicey for them or difficult or things are piling up in their in their personal life and maybe not able to, um, or at least not seeing how they're going to be able to get through that all, uh, those kinds of touch points, but... There's also um, a lot of times people have this this idea that community college is not difficult. Mm-hmm. And the programs at the Maricopa County Community Colleges are very rigorous mm-hmm. and they have very high standards to get in. Sometimes I'll work with students just to bring their GPA up so right. that they can make a better application and get them kind of in the habit of the study and the the dedication that comes with going into medical professions. Yeah. So with Live and Learn, what were some of the um, challenges maybe you were seeing faced by the women that you serve? And, you know, what, how has that program evolved, I guess, to, to help keep up with those? I think um, with Live and Learn, we are similar with Carrie as far as when they come in to us, we have a conversation with them um, as far as what they want to do, what kind of career tracks they're interested in. And having those discussions is really important. Um, I can think of one client that came in and she thought she or she came in because she wanted to get um, a, a CDA, which is a child development associate, because she said she wanted to be a preschool teacher. And then once we started talking, she said her favorite class in high school was science and she loved math and she didn't really like babysitting her nieces and nephews and didn't really like being around kids. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just a conversation that went on and now she's studying um, computer science. Oh, wow. But she thought at that initial point that they come in, they think all I know is all I've done is, you know, babysitting. So I need to just work on this career goal. But after having those discussions and talking to them, um, we find sometimes different career paths. We've even had like welders that Mm -hmm. have come through it or... You did a a whole A plus with just women, as I remember, an A plus certification, which was really cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of times what we'll do is um, we'll have cohorts of clients that will be going through a certain career path, um, like whatever it is, and we'll have them take one computer class at a college. And this is their first experience in college. And when they're there, they think, wow, that's not, this isn't so bad. Mm -hmm. Like I made it onto a college campus and I'm, you know, I'm surviving and I'm being able to, you know, do the work. And they've continued on, um, you know, kind of a stackable career certification that goes on to education to, to, you know, their AA to their BS and so it's good. And and to answer your question, <laughs> sorry, some of the challenges, a lot of it has to do with they might be told or it might be in their culture that they can't get a college education. They, you know, they should be at home. They should be taking care of their kids and they shouldn't move on. So not having the support of people around them sometimes is a barrier and not having that confidence that, yes, you can do this. You can go to college. You can, you know, get a certification. You can, you can make money. You can support yourself, right. you know. Um, so just giving them the the confidence, the motivation. We have a mentor that helps them just get to the point to break through those barriers. Right. Yeah, so. I can see, again, just those 
those challenges again, looking at like you just mentioned saying, you know, maybe they've never been or they've either always been told that, you know, this just isn't going to happen for you. This, this doesn't happen. You know, none of our family has ever gone to college. So why do you think you can or maybe why just, should you or why should you mm-hmm. or even coming from a background of just no support? whatsoever nobody's telling you one way or another that you should or shouldn't go to college it's never even brought up and just right. opening those doors for them well and, i think um, and i'm sorry <laughs> and, uh, sometimes students or individuals believe that they should go for something because it's the in profession right they need to do that because that's what everybody tells them they should do mm-hmm. um, especially with medical things uh, you know, there's a nursing shortage. There absolutely is a nursing shortage, but not everybody should be a nurse. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Surge Tech. Surge right. Tech is a phenomenal program. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking with somebody that can't stand smells or blood, you're not going to be working <laughs> in an operating room. Yeah. And yeah. surgeons are not nice people. Yeah. I mean, I mean they're, they're in command of their operating yeah. room and you may get yelled at. And if you are somebody who cannot tolerate that, mm-hmm. you, you need to look for something else. Yeah. Well, and I imagine a lot of that too is they might just have that. They might have in their mind, I want to be a nurse, but not even realizing what other opportunities are out there, even outside of nursing. So maybe they're thinking nursing because they want to help people, but then not realizing there's so many other different ways that you can do that. Like you were saying, you know, physical therapist assistant, you know, maybe <laughs> there's probably no blood in that situation. So <laughs> maybe that's a, that's a different career path for you. <laughs> and it is a medical profession. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, that there's a, with the population aging mm-hmm. as it is, the need for that has has increased and will continue to increase. Right. So it's a wonderful profession. Yeah. And that we actually one of our clients that we worked together just graduated um, with a um, an AA mm-hmm. or AS. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But she graduated with honors and it was oh, wow. us working together because of different issues that we had. But she, I mean, that was she's a, a phenomenal prof- student. She and, is. and many of the, the medical professions require students to go full time. Mm-hmm. So it creates some additional problems uh, with this particular student. She had two small children. One actually has a, a disability mm. and securing child care was dicey yeah. because uh, you don't necessarily know where your clinicals are going to be. Mm. Um, he had been on the campus at Gateway, which was wonderful. But when she moved into clinicals, she was not anywhere near the Gateway campus. So it was finding something that could work for her and her son and, uh, you know, it was it was really a, a challenge, mm-hmm. and uh, Kristen was absolutely wonderful in helping to support this student as well. She's she's absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, she's a great. See, I mean, all that she's been through, and mm-hmm. and if people don't think that they're you know certain clients or certain population or dreamers or DACA's don't work hard, I mean, if they could live like one day in some of the life of our clients to see take a bus for four hours, go to work, you know, raise their kids, sleep for two hours, do more homework. It's, it's amazing what they do and they do it. I mean, it's a hard, it's hard work and they do a great job. One of my students uh, happens to be a, um, a male, so it wasn't a shared student, uh-huh. but he, he came into the program and 
was, he always says he was destined to a life of lawn care mm. because he, he was a, a DACA student. And through the program, he was able to complete a CNA PCT. He had such good grades that he ended up going directly into the Fast Track LPN. And throughout his program, LPN program is blocks one and two of nursing, very, mm-hmm. very intense two blocks of nursing. But he did prereqs in between. And he was able to enter block three. They saved a spot for him because he was such a wonderful Aww. student. He actually finished, um, I, I helped him write a, a scholarship for, and, and other people. I was just one of them, but I helped him get a, one of the dream scholarships. He finished his BA in February. Oh, wow. And he's working on his master's degree. Oh, wow. He works at, uh, Banner University Medical Center. Oh, that's great. Um, He's just a phenomenal individual, very, very driven. So with either of your programs, is there are there any um, then uh, businesses that you work with as far as the career placement how, or the job placement then once they've finished their the program? At Live and Learn, we work um, with different places that have that in place. So um, Pima Medical Institute, for example, okay. is one where a lot of our um, like CNAs or uh, we had a respiratory therapist that went through there and they help them connect to different jobs. So they're connected with employers um, that help them find jobs. Oh, good. Okay. In in all actuality, I have not had any medical student that had difficulty getting a job. Oh, yeah. I had eight surge techs graduate in 2017 and every one of them was hired out of their internships. Oh, wow. And the average wage was about $22 an hour. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah. yeah. And at Live and Learn, we look for career tracks that there is need in the community to be hired quickly, that there'll be a sustainable wage for them um, after they get hired. So we don't do, you know, all career tracks right. that if someone's interested in, but the ones that do have that jobs, you know, being able to find a job quickly and being paid enough. Right. What are some of those careers then that you see? I mean, obviously, we've been talking some of the medical careers. You talked a little bit on that computer certification that somebody mm-hmm. went through. What are there some of the other careers that um, you've helped with? We've helped um, with a lot. Most of it's like medical or in education. So we have a lot um, of clients right now going to Phoenix College, working on getting their um teaching certificate. Oh, that's great. Yes, because we need teachers. Uh (laughs) Um, The child development associate is another one. And really, we've worked, we work with the client. So like I mentioned, a lot of times we've had welders, we've had homeopathic, someone that wanted to go through the homeopathic doctors, you know, anything that's going to be a career that will help them be financially self-sufficient is what, what we work on. Right. If in a perfect world, if I had all the money that I could use, <laughs> I would definitely be looking at some of the apprenticeships, mm-hmm. um, at advanced manufacturing and construction management, those mm-hmm. types of things. Those have definite pathways to um, bachelor's degrees, which are really cool. Um, HVAC is another one mm-hmm. that would be something I would like to to, to help. <laughs> right, right. Well, and one of the careers that just made me think that we um, have just started looking at is um, CDL, commercial driver's oh, license. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And Republic Services is one that, um, that they can, you know, do trash pickup. And the 
amount of clients when we started asking that question, you know, have you ever driven a truck or surprisingly, a lot of them have already done that. They just didn't have their CDL certificate. So we have a client right now that's going through a four-week class um, to get her CDL. And then after that, um, she has two, a couple different places where she can apply to become a trash collector or um, a truck driver, mm. which is a great, um, great hours, great pay. I was just going to say, as far as the hours, you know, especially for, you know, a woman that has a, you know, chi- ch- you know child care challenges or mm-hmm. looking for that, I could just imagine that sound, you know, would be a very flexible. Right. And, of- you know, someone like Republic Services, like I mentioned, they have great benefits, great hours, great pay. So it, it's, was really something that I hadn't thought of, but once we discussed it, it's like, oh, that, that makes sense. And, and many, many businesses are looking to hire women in positions that are traditionally male dominated. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's some opportunities for women and for them to move forward within the, the context of those careers. It's really cool. Right. right. They actually said that women um, are safer drivers for, <laughs> for the, I agree. <laughs> No, As a woman driver. <laughs> right. All the women drivers in this room agree. I know. Maybe the producer doesn't agree. <laughs> the rest of us um, Another um, collaboration that we have is with uh, Year Up that's based out of Gateway Community College, but it is about business degrees. Okay. And it's a, a year-long um Technology, too. Yeah, technology, computer science, and they connect with different uh, corporations, one of our clients went through the process and then is now working interning at American Express. Mm-hmm. And that's a great. They um, work with youth. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's 18 a, to 24. Yeah, oh, absolutely okay. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Chicanos Por La Causa has some workforce development mm-hmm. as well. And uh, ACYR. Um, I've had some youth that I've worked with them yeah. to do. Did you say it's year up or yep. year, year up? Year up. Okay. Like it's for it's, a year. It's one year. <laughs> one year. Okay. Yeah. And that's a good um, way of, you know, collaborating because we we started working with them. They noticed that some of their women um, needed some additional support. So Live and Learn is there to connect with them, help them if they need, you know, bus passes. We have a, a mentor that comes in, a motivational type speaker. We have a client coordinator that is Stephanie, who is just an amazing person that helps them break through things that they might barriers, anything that might derail them through the process, we're able to help with that. When when you're talking about the population that we work with, it's often those small things that keep them from continuing their education. Mm -hmm. The tires, the car breaks down, they get sick and can't get to the doctor. So our agency and as well as uh, Live and Learn, we, we step in and provide them with those types of wraparound services mm-hmm. so that they can continue and that they can graduate. It's it's really important. Right. Like one thing that surprised me is how many people needed eyeglasses. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Because you think it would be covered, but it's not. So it's that's not. something that we're able to help with is, mm-hmm. you know, getting an eye exam, getting glasses so they can read and see the boards. So. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about, um, you know, some of these other organizations that you've collaborated with what do you see more often? Are you seeing more often that you're the ones thinking, okay, we need this type of service. And so let's go see, let's go see who we can maybe collaborate with, or are they finding you or is it, is it a mixture of it or? 
I, th- I think there's kind of a mixture. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've been involved with, and you're still involved with it, aren't you? Uh, the Financial Stability Coalition through the Valley of the Sun United Way. Oh. There's a, a, a large group of nonprofit agencies that work on issues related to financial stability. <laughs> and it in, involves a broad range of, of agencies. And we meet pretty regularly. Oh, good. Uh, they trained us as financial coaches so that we can talk to our clients about money. And for many people, money has, is somewhat taboo. Right. And if you can just drill down and the emotions that are attached to how you spend money, you'd be surprised. And and that was very helpful for me. I don't know. Was it helpful for you? Yes, definitely. We um, every all of our client coordinators and myself have gone through the financial mm-hmm. training, and it helps to when you're talking to the clients to you know to find those barriers and then to help provide solutions. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of the collaboration that we've seen some is being at um, different nonprofit. Conferences and nonprofit alliance. Oh yeah, the Alliance of Arizona Nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then some is you know being out with neighbors or being just at a dinner someplace and talking about live and learn and talking about nonprofit and and then ha- just somebody says, oh, that's how the truck driving thing got oh, started. Okay. Was yeah. my neighbor who works at Republic Services? Oh, yep. Said <laughs> we were looking for women drivers, and I thought, oh, let's. So right. sometimes it's just you know, the universe connects us in different ways. And then sometimes it's actively like going through people's budgets. And I'm like, they're spending so much money on internet. Like, mm-hmm. why is it, you know, which they need it for computers and, you know, schools and stuff, but going out and then trying to find out there's some low cost internet connections that mm-hmm. they can get for $10 a month. So just actively searching for the the solutions that we need for our clients. Right. Yeah. And in the in the context of the Financial Stability Coalition, we've been able to meet people from across the valley. And I I actually had a student who became homeless her last term. And it was scary, yeah. but through the the connections, we were able to get her into shelter in a day. Mm-hmm. That's it, great. It's yeah. absolutely that is, amazing yeah. that you know, hey, let me just call this person that I met at this meeting. Right, um, right. And more than willing to help. And yeah, I've always found those that, you know, that's what I get the most out of networking events, especially, you know, back when um, I did work for nonprofits, you know, sometimes you're, especially if you're working for a small nonprofit, where there's, if there's just one of you or even four, four. of you, you can sometimes get stuck in your bubble and, you know, because you're working, you've got work to do. So the last thing on your mind is leaving, mm-hmm. <laughs> leaving your desk where you get all your work done to go network or meet some other people. But it's such a, um, it's so valuable if it is something that you're, you know, make some time each month at least to get out there and go to some of these um, these events um, and and find out who else is out there maybe that's not maybe you're not necessarily going uh, to meet somebody who can use your own services but in the end you know kind of connection you gotta make that connection because yeah. like you said I mean you were able to find shelter for that person in one day but and she had pets yeah <laughs> I mean even yeah wow. oh my gosh did you just put any more on the yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the plate there so 
Um, yeah, so that I, again, it's one of those, I'm such a big proponent of, um, treating networking events in that way. It's not necessarily, I'm going today because I'm going to find, you know, every, you know, everyone in the room who needs my services, but it could just be, I'm just there to see what else is going on outside my little bubble <laughs> and, um, and seeing how then you can pass that information along to help somebody else out. You know, that's, well, you know, that's how, um, that's how we met. I mean, right. yeah. At so, the local first Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. So we they were, have an event coming up, you know, <laughs> what's that? The, the, the one at Margaret T. Hans, the local first Arizona, they have that. Oh, so. yep. 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 Oh, they have their fall November. fest. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but again, yeah, that's how Kristen and I met just a few weeks back. Local First AZ was having their lunch mixer. Um, they hadn't had one for a while. So I actually, you know, here's, I work from home. I, my, I have a, uh, my business out of my home and, you know, it's hard some days to be like, hey, I got to put on real clothes, clothes. <laughs> makeup, hair, you know, uh, leave. And then, uh, it just so happens it was at, um, Hula's. Hula's. Oh, um, the new one? The yes, new, the new, yeah, one. The new location. How is it? It was very good. Wonderful. Yeah. But I it honestly it. was like, I don't know. If I, I'm like, nope, I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. Got to get dressed. I'm going to go. And I'm so glad that I did because not only did I find Kristen, you know, and find out about you. And um, I actually met um, uh, who's going to be a guest of mine in a few weeks here. We had never met in person. And it just so happened we were sitting across from each other at the event. I'm like, wait a minute, Sophia, you're going to be on my, you're going to be on my, my show in a few weeks. Um but yeah, again, it was just a matter of, you know, who in this room can uh, not necessarily is going to hire me or, uh, you know, and I wasn't there necessarily looking for anybody else's services either. But it was just a great way to, to see what else is going out there. Because I think there was probably about three nonprofits in the room that time, which yes, was which so. was good because we hardly ever get any nonprofits out to those networking events. So I was so excited that, that, that you were there and um, a couple other organizations were too. Cool. What are some of the other um, ways that you guys have kind of found your found your collaborations or even some of your partners? Because I know Live and Learn, I was looking at your website. You have a lot of different um, community partners, businesses out there. How would you say, I just from looking at all of them, I would say you're pretty successful at finding those partnerships or sustaining them. What do you, how do you feel that that's, what do you relate that to? Um, I think it's because the, being in a small nonprofit, there's, like I said, there's four of us, but we're also passionate about it. So when we go out and we're talking to people and we meet other partners, um, businesses that we might be able to work with, it just is a is a great connection. And we care so much about the clients and we really want them to, you know, make them successful. So we will go into the community and try to find different play, you know, different people like Arizona Career Pathways or Fresh Start is another one that... Um, Fresh Start Women's Foundations, where we've had our clients go take some classes there. Um, and it's just maintaining the personal relationship, I think, is is there, um, keeping the connection, um, making sure that we are reciprocal in the sense that we help as much as we can and right. vice versa. Right. It's a little more difficult for me. Yeah. There's just me. There's just you. Yeah. And uh, I try to, I try to, Get out as much as I possibly mm-hmm. can. I'm pretty active in the Arizona at work and uh, the workforce development meetings and boards. Um, I'm involved in the workforce collaborative. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I serve on some committees. So I get to meet lots of people that way. 
and uh, it, it is it's a little it's a little hard for yeah. me. We need to find you some ambassadors. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we need to find some some ambassadors for you that can get out there and do some of those um, do some of those events for you, or at the very least, you know, just help spread the word about that it's even there. Because I find that that's you know sometimes like for instance when you stood up Kristen at the local first event and mentioned what you did and the in your organization I was like oh my gosh I had no idea that this was happening out there and I don't know if you know this or I, I'm pretty sure you spoke with Loren also um, Loren North she's a personal stylist yes. yes um she and I have collaborated quite a few times I've actually I've hired her for her services but we've collaborated on things together as well um, but she even said to me afterwards we were talking and she says, oh my gosh, I'm so glad she was here today because I've always wanted to help an organization like Live and Learn that works with women to get them back into the workforce and help them find their signature style. Loren, you know, she's really big on sustainability. She all shops at all, you know, Goodwills and all the thrift shops and things to find these amazing outfits. She said, but you know what? I just don't have hours and hours of time to give like some of these other organizations require of you when you work with their women who are getting back into the workforce. So, you know, just, it was just exciting to see, um, yes, to see that, that today. It was interesting because before we went to the luncheon, we have a client that has gone through our existing relationships with, with different places that help them find clothes. But uh-huh. she isn't, for whatever reason, wasn't able to, it didn't work out for her. And then Lauren was telling me about all these, you know, the clothes silo, the Goodwill, like all yep. these different places where they're $5 an outfit or $5 for a shirt, $5 for a pair of pants. And she did. She volunteered to take go with our clients and, you know, dress them. And And I think having someone that is an expert at it saying, and they feel more confident when they go into an interview. Right. Are, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So that... That was a, a great example. I know. <laughs> so, what what is what is the the business? What is oh is so um, Loren North? She is a personal stylist, and oh. she um, like I said, she specializes. I need her stat. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the radio. You can't see oh. this, but I'm wearing a styled by Loren outfit today. Oh. Actually, um, yay! Thanks, Loren. Uh, <laughs> but she works with um, she works with men and women, and she just helps them find um, not only find their style, but use what what's already in their closet. So again, it's not going out and having to spend a ton of money on new clothes. But if you do need to find some pieces to add into your wardrobe or you're working with something very limited or say you never had any clothing for a job interview or whatever job it is that they end up getting, she helps by suggesting different based on your style and kind of what you're looking for. She knows which thrift stop you go to for what and she has it all dialed in. And yeah, I mean, you can get yeah, stuff for like a dollar, like, oh, yeah. you know, $5. So yeah, that's really, that's exciting. So I'm, I'm excited for, for, to see where that goes with, with you and, um, with you and Loren, because I know that that's something that she's really been wanting to find. And luckily she found it that, that day. sounds so. really cool, Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, really I know. And it was interesting because a friend of hers also does the same thing. Uh-huh. And I had just gone with her to, to Goodwill. And, and it's so interesting what you can find in their brand names. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. And and Dress for Success was the, the another um, place that um, I don't know if Loren volunteers for them as well. But no, that's I think she was talking about Carissa. Yeah, Carissa. Yep, and that's for Carissa volunteers. Right. Mm-hmm. And Chris is one that I went out with. But anyway, yes, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great. They I mean, have a, a nice professional women's 
group too at Dress for Success. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I have a number of clients that, yeah. that use their services, although they don't tap into it as much because they're going into medical professions right. and right. they don't really need the... yeah. Okay. Well, well, I, I suppose you still have to go for an interview. <laughs> you do have yeah. to still interview. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's just amazing all those different little little places that you're, you never know who you're going to run into and what you're going to find and and what those connections are going to turn into. So, right. yeah, that's exciting. And, then, and sometimes just telling your story and then people yes. have that like passion all of a sudden like, oh, mm-hmm. wait, I want to help women right. or right. You know, people going to school or whatever it is. And it's nice to see it like click in their head and say, okay, how can I help? How can I yeah. get back? And I like that you mentioned telling your story because I think too often too, sometimes people go into these situations with the, you know, their 30 second, you know, spiel of this is what we do. And this is why we need your, you know, your, your support. And then they don't, then they'd wonder, well, why I don't understand why I just left there and nobody wanted to donate any money. (laughs) And it's because nobody's, yeah, we understand that you have a need, but we, we're not, we're not invested in it. We don't understand, you know, we understand you have a need, but it doesn't, didn't pull up my heart because all you were talked about was how much money you needed for this new project or whatever. So I think, you know, also when I'm talking with nonprofits, one of the first things I ask them is, okay, what's your story? And how are, you know, how are you telling that story now? And a lot of times it's, they rattle off their mission statement or they talk about, here's the story. And I said, no, 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 the story. Like, what's the story behind one, you? You know, why are you involved? And, you know, um, are you the, you know, founder of the organization and the only one there? But then let's hear about that. Or if you are, came into that organization in another position, what drew you to that organization? Why are you there now? And why, what keeps you there? Why, why are you staying there? Everybody, people react, are going to react to that um, a lot more warmly than they are to just the, um, this is what we do and here's our mission statement and we're raising money and this is how much we need. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or these or these are the services that we need. Because, you know, it goes both ways. Not every business is interested or able to maybe donate, um, you know, $5,000 or whatever that may be or that sponsorship level that you have. But once they learn a little bit more about what it is that you do, you know, sometimes it just clicks and they say, oh, you know what? I can't donate money right now, but I'd love to donate, you know, two hours a month in helping you with your social media or, you know, helping you. Uh, hey, I don't have a ton of money, but send me you're you're having a fundraiser. Send me the flyer you want printed out. We can print that here in house, something like that. So. Right. And all of those things definitely help with small nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Very much so. It all helps in its own little way. You know, mm-hmm. it all adds up at the end of the day. and either helps you out if you are all by yourself in the in the nonprofit, even just having, like I said, you need some ambassadors. Like even if you just had people, you were like, you know what? I can't make it to this event, but it'd be great if you... I just you need know. people to call me. I get lonely. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make sure we give yeah. out your phone number at the end. So if anybody wants to just call and chat. <laughs> One of the things that has amazed me about the nonprofit community in Arizona or in Maricopa County is that they are so willing to help one another. Mm-hmm. I've never encountered anybody that was worried about how working with me was going to affect their business. Their focus was on how can we help this client and how can we make things better for them. I agree with that. It's amazing. that It's a, it's a wonderful community in Phoenix and surrounding areas. So I wanted to, because I actually um, noticed this, I think on... I think it was on your website. Um, 
the Live and Learn website, but then I I, I think it was autom- um, automatically pulling from your Facebook post. So you had mentioned um, on Facebook that um, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, I think you guys maybe were doing some kind of a fundraiser right, fundraiser around that idea. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. Bit? Yeah. So about 90% of our women have had some sort of domestic violence um, in their in their past. Um, and so domestic violence awareness this month is really important to us. And over 1.3 million um, American or women have dealt with domestic violence. So for um, Live and Learn this month, we're doing um, a, a campaign to say, just give us $13 towards, to, you know, and for those 1.3 million survivors. Mm-hmm. So that is our um, campaign that we have going right now. Yeah. And you can go to liveandlearnaz.org to donate. And, and it's just basically showing those women that, yes, we support them. $13 is all we're asking for and just to help out. But right. certainly thir- more than $13 would be very <laughs> helpful, right? <laughs> yes, sure. $1,300, yeah. $13,000. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, so that's interesting that 90, so you would say about 90% of the women that are going through or your services, they're in that situation because that's- it is a had left a domestic violence situation or yes they've left it they're now um you know working on supporting themselves and their kids on their own um and it can be people always think it's just the physical domestic violence abuse but it's also the emotional and it doesn't have to be from a partner it can also be from families or siblings or there's just so many different ways that they've had to to overcome this and and it and it's a something that it's like a daily that a daily that they need to work on like they they think about it and overcome it and mm-hmm. just keep getting strength from it but they are I don't want to keep using the word survivors but they are amazing that they have overcome it they've continued on one of our clients that is working in the medical professions now she was actually in the um, sex trade industry or not for seven years mm-hmm. she was stuck in um, human trafficking and she's out of it now. She's raising her kids. She's happy. She's successful. And she, she's, you know, she's a, she's done it. She's gotten through it and she's moved on. Right. And it's such a wonderful thing to see. And we have uh, mentors in our program as well. And she's connected directly one-on-one with a mentor and the two of them have just bonded and, you know, they work through this and they talk about it and they move on. And right. So. Yeah, you mentioned mentors a little while ago, and I actually meant to go back to that and talk talk to you about it. What um, so uh, are the, is a mentor just is that part of the program? When you, are you um, automatically partnered with a mentor when they enter the program, or so our um, clients when they come in are connected with a client coordinator, one of the four of us, and so that's their main point of contact at Live and Learn. But what we are expanding on is getting a mentor, um, so it. It's somebody in the community that would work directly with his client. Okay. So they have their relationship off site. Um, so they connect through phone calls or texts or what, and it's just an, an additional source to help them yeah. support them. Additional layer of support and yes. somebody that's, um, I guess part of the program, but uh, also kind of outside of the program, I guess to kind of give you that, uh, you know, that, that chance for that kind of balance, maybe. Maybe it's something that they don't feel like, you know, I might disappoint my client coordinator if I tell them this, but maybe it's something that they can talk to their mentor about. Right. And we feel like they can just reach out to them um, and they 
they do, they form friendships mm-hmm. and they have, um, you know, they work together and it is that additional layer of support. So we're always looking for mentors in the Phoenix area. If, oh, good. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's something. And it, 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 there's a background check and just that, you know, have that heart of someone that really wants to help a woman break out of her situation and become financially self-sufficient. And Right. And what I, I did, you mention the kind of the time commitment that's involved with that? Uh, we ask for a one year okay. uh, commitment and it's usually we want them to at least contact twice a month um, at the minimum. And that can be through a phone call or text. The ideal is to to get together and, and meet with them um, to have, you know, over coffee and just talk about how things are going. But we understand like both the client and the mentor have, you know, everybody's so busy. Yes. So yeah. they can mm-hmm. just, you know, send a text, hey, how things are going and yeah. and stay together that way. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else that um, either of you want to um, share about your programs? We're kind of winding down here a little bit. So I do want to obviously give you both an opportunity to talk, um, to give us contact information, um, but any events or anything that either of you have coming up that um, any fundraisers, anything like that you mentioned yours, Kristen? Nothing. (laughs) Not right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you did mention something along the way. You said, you know, if you had all this money, you'd love to be able to branch out and do some other programs. So, you know, you never know who's out there listening, but, um, you know, definitely want to give you the chance to kind of talk about how would somebody get in touch with you if they want to learn more about Arizona Career Pathways or they want to become involved in some respect, what should they do? Well, they can contact me through the website. Okay. Um, azcareerpathways.org uh, by phone uh, 602-286-8092 or by email. Um, that's kwalker at azcareerpathways.org. Great. And I'll take anything anybody has to offer. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And then Kristen? Uh, so Live and Learn, our website is liveandlearnaz.org. And the office number is 602-583-7052. And we also have a Facebook page, which is Live and Learn AZ. Um, we have the October Domestic Violence Fundraiser right now. Um, we also have an Amazon wish list, which so some of our clients, their kids need diapers or we need laptops or so there will be things like that. So it's an easy way just to go onto Amazon and look for Live and Learn program. Um, and then we are doing um, in December. We'll be doing a holiday gift drive for oh, our great. yeah for our, our clients' children, which we've done every year. And it's just a way for we have um, toys set up um, in different places. They come with bags, and they they get Aww, gifts for their kids. So that's cute. great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so. really nice. I like that. I like that approach to it because then I mean they know what their kids want and. And what instead of writing up a list and then having you try and figure out where you're going to find all this stuff, let people give you the, I'm assuming, new unwrapped toys, and then you can have those out and they can kind of shop. shop. Yeah, shop. exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. We've tried the adopt-a-family approach in the past, but yes. we found this is... Um, just so they, you know, there's not so much back and forth. People right. can just go and yeah. they'll be a, as a somebody gift. who has coordinated many a adopt a family over the years, both for women's shelter I used to work for and when I worked for foster care. Thank you for not. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that is people don't realize. I mean, it's an amazing thing, and, um, but yeah, it is. It takes a lot of work to try and coordinate it does. that. I've so done it many of times. This as well, approach so. seems so much more fun too because I think it gives the women that sense of 
that kind of sense of independence and ownership, like they're are able to actually go and get the toys physically and then give them to their children instead of feeling like somebody else is giving their children the toys. They right. get to actually do it themselves. I've, I've always wanted to see something similar for children to be able to do for, for their parents. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, I'm a single parent. Right. And my children were always upset when they couldn't get me something. Aww. And I always thought it would be nice if we had something for the children to right, be able to right. to come through and shop for for mom. Yeah, this um, is a great idea. I know, you know. So, so I, I know. I so, so I'll help you. Now, I'll help you. now I'm going to start a whole new conversation. But I actually distinctly remember. I want to say I was in maybe first grade or second grade or whatever. But I distinctly remember we used to do we did that at least one time. I think in our in school where it's we so went cool. into a room and there was like stuff for moms. I'm sure you know. I'm sure it was still, you know, plastic jewelry and stuff. But I mean, at least it made you feel like, oh, that's cool. I got to buy something for, for mom and mom. dad or mm-hmm. especially right. like you said for those single parents. So we'll, well see how we can make that happen. I know. I was just <laughs> going to say, if anybody out there is listening yes. and they would like to be on a committee, a yeah. fundraising committee to start this, yeah. I think that's a wonderful idea. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> and just another, we're um, also looking, we're starting an advisory board for Live and Learn. Okay. So if there, you know, we do need um, different people from the business, like attorneys or fundraising experts or any business people, somebody that's in, you know, American Express or a bank or different places that might be able to also hire some of our women. We are looking for that advisory board to help us out. Well, perfect. Well, thank you so much, ladies. Um, All of this information uh, you'll be able to find on the website at phoenixbusinessradiox.com. We'll make sure that when this show um, is turned into a podcast and put on the website. We'll have some of that information on there. But luckily, if anybody's you know listening today live, they've got that information so they can check you guys out. Awesome. Right. Yeah. Thank, thank you so you. much. So yeah, thank you, so ladies. Thank you so much. Um, you've been listening to 3C Amplified, where we share how others are connecting, creating, and collaborating to amplify their impact. And we hope we've inspired you to do the same in your community. Until next time, I'm Jacqueline DeStremps with Another Hand Advantage. Let me help create a marketing strategy to put your organization's mission in front of your target audience and highlight the impact you're having in your community. Thank you so much. Until next time. Bye-bye.